told them that before it ever happened. He just told them that's what's coming. But what I liked is when the day of Pentecost was fully come. And they were all in that upper room in one place in one accord. It said that there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And it said it filled all the house. That meant it felt filled the room. Just like it did in here. So fill this house. But then it filled this house. It filled the room. Then it filled the house. People see this and they think we're losing our mind. But we're only experiencing what they experienced on that day. And if you'll say, fill this house, he will. He didn't force himself on a single one of those people in that upper room. He didn't say, well, you're here. You're getting it whether you want it or not. But when they began to see, I'm sure maybe as it was filling the room, there was one here, one here, two here, five here, beginning to speak in other tongues and cloven tongues of fire set upon them. They're like, nobody's running, but people are saying, I want it. Let me encourage you. If you want it, it's for you. <laughs> if you want it, it's for you. Oh, it could be happening right next to you, but if you don't want it, he won't push it on you. But if you want it, fill this house. <laughs> Woo, fill this house. I'm not running from nothing that God's got. I want all he's got. Fill this room, fill this house. Fill me with your glory. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Fill me with the Holy Ghost all over again. If you want it, it's for you. Woo. Just pat yourself on the chest and say, Lord, fill this house. Fill this house. Hallelujah. I like what I feel while God is filling this house and filling this room. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand and a shout of praise. What a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the glory of God in this house. I wonder how many healings have taken place already in this house. How many miracles that we haven't seen yet have taken place in this house. And, and I hope you know that, hey, if, if you're visiting and you're here, we, we're glad you're here. And if you've never been in a service like this before, don't worry. Uh, it happens all the time. The dance floor is always open. You can praise him in the dance and join us as we worship. Some may run, some may roll, some may shout and dance, but... Uh, only because we love the Lord and we're just worshiping Him in, in the Spirit. And, and it's hard to stay composed <laughs> when the Lord begins to move like that. We uh, get beside ourselves, one man said in the Scripture. And so it's all right to let your tie loose every once in a while. And... Maybe kick your shoes off and run and dance before the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the Spirit of the Lord? Come on, give him another hand. Guys, if you would like to, take your jacket off, loosen your tie. I know it's warm in here. I know it feels was cooler this morning, but I know it's hot. There ain't an air conditioner built, I don't think, can keep up with the Spirit of the Lord when he begins to move. So um, just make yourself comfortable. I'll be as 
uh, mindful of time as I can be, and we'll get out of here, but I'm going to preach today. Romans 5 and 19, if you have your Bible and want to turn, I'm going to read Romans 5 and 19, and then Genesis 1 and 11. So Romans 5 and 19, and then Genesis 1 and 11, I want to say a great big thank you to our kids' choir. For helping lead us in worship today and all those that help with the kids choir thank you for teaching them I want to say thank you to our music team and our choir and my wife thank you for what you guys do thank you to our media team for keeping up with us and helping us out appreciate all of our volunteers and, and anyone who does anything in this church I thank you because it all works together to glorify him and I appreciate our church Praise God. Romans 5 and 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Talking about Adam. Many were made sinners. Didn't have a choice in it. Just made. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Talking about the Lord and what he did. Genesis 1 and 11 says this, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought. Changing trees. Changing Trees. That's a strange title, Pastor. Well, we'll, you'll see where I'm going in just a few minutes. Let's pray for the, the preaching of the Word today. Jesus, we love you so much and praise you for the spirit that we have felt in this house today. My God, we love you and honor you. Ask now, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay. Fill my mouth with words that I might feed your people, the greatest people on the earth. Bless everyone in this room and in the sound of my voice. Let the word of God find good grounding and prosper today. Get us ready for heaven, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout before you're seated. One more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Changing trees. So... Trees, if we want to just look at a scientific uh, view of a tree, one small statement would be true is that trees are vital. The world will not exist without trees. They're the biggest plants on the planet. They give us oxygen. They store carbon. They stabilize the soil. They give life and shelter to the world's wildlife. They provide us with materials for pulpits, for houses, the handles on the tools we use. This nice-looking wall behind us, that came from a tree. Trees are a fixture in art, in poetry. There's a very famous poem about trees that says, I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. The last line of it says, poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. As kids, we climb trees. 
fall out of trees, break our arms in trees. We build forts in trees. We enjoy the shade of trees in the summer. Some of our favorite food comes from trees, apples and plums and pears, oranges, bananas, etc. We plant them outside. We buy fake ones for inside. We love trees. We love the colorful fall leaves that we see on the trees. We love the smell of winter pines. Uh, trees, I guess to sum it up, are very important and a very big part of our lives, whether we realize it or not. Trees are mentioned in Scripture many times. In Psalm 52 and 8, the psalmist said, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. In Psalm 37 and 35, the psalmist says, I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. In Psalm 1 and 3, it says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. In Isaiah 61 and 3, tells us that we are called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. But there are two other very important trees mentioned in Scripture that have shaped or reshaped the lives of the human race. The first being the tree that Adam and Eve ate from in the midst of the garden. And then the tree that Jesus was crucified on, on top of Golgotha. The first Adam, his involvement with a tree affected all of mankind. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, our Lord, he also had an involvement with a tree that has affected all mankind. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. So let's compare these two trees for just a moment. And I want you to remember of principle that trees bring forth fruit of its kind with its seed in itself. The garden tree represented disobedience, but Calvary's tree represents obedience. One tree brought a curse of sin. One tree destroyed the curse of sin. Both trees resulted in pain and suffering. One tree got a man put out of paradise. One tree was the way to paradise. The garden tree brought death that Adam could not stop nor conquer. But Calvary's tree brought death also, which Jesus defeated three days later when he rose from the dead. Somebody say, O grave, where is thy victory? Come on, somebody. When we read about the garden tree in Genesis chapter 3, it says that the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise. When they ate the fruit, it says their eyes were opened and their mistake was realized. In other words, this tree was very flesh appealing. 
It was good for food. It satisfied hunger. It was pleasant to the eyes. It was beautiful to, to gaze upon. It, was, uh, it stirred desires to make one wise, even if it meant disobeying the word of God. And, and when they took that first bite, their eyes were opened, and the tragedy of their disobedience was now realized. It was a flesh-appealing tree. But Romans 8 and 13 tells me, if I live after the flesh, I shall die. The tree in the midst of the garden represented temptation of the flesh and disobedience to God's plan. And as we read earlier, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Now the cross, the tree of Calvary, was also one to make one wise. It did not appeal to the flesh. Because it was not pretty to look upon. It was not a beautiful sight to, to desire that. It did not appeal to the flesh, but it appealed to the spirit. And Romans 8 and 6 says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It would make us wise unto salvation. Because as you gaze upon that tree, there is no mistaking the fruit that is hanging there. The scripture says he's the first fruit. There was a sign hanging above him that said, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. One of the thieves that was crucified beside him looked to him and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord said, Today you shall be with me in paradise. When Jesus cried and gave up the ghost, the centurion looked at him and stated, Truly, this is the Son of God. There was no mistaking the fruit of that tree. To eat the fruit of the garden tree brought death, and to eat the fruit of Calvary's tree would bring life. Jesus said in John 6 and 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. On one tree you would eat and die in the flesh and spirit. The other tree you eat and die to the flesh and are brought to life spiritually. So I remind us again, Romans 5 and 19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. One Adam was shaped by disobedience. The last Adam was shaped by his obedience. Each one to God, to God's plan, and by what happened at each tree. Adam in the garden, his disobedience was revealed at that tree. Jesus, the last Adam, his obedience was revealed at that tree. He became obedient even unto the death of the cross. So why, pastor, does that matter to me? Because of what Genesis 1 and 11 said. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. In other words, we are the fruit of one of these two trees. 
Yeah. We are all born into sin, which came from disobeying and partaking of the fruit of that tree. And we are all, at one point in our life, have been, if not still, the fruit of Adam's disobedience of that tree. Just like both Adam's and their prospective trees, our disobedience or our obedience will determine our future. Trees bear fruit after their kind. And we have all been the fruit of the first Adam's tree. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore is by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I told you, poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. And he set a principle forth that a tree would bring forth a certain kind of fruit and it would have the seed in itself. An apple tree will only always bear apples. That's it. You will never cut open an apple and find an orange seed and there be able to change the fruit of the tree. And so it is a little terrifying maybe because you would say, well, where's my hope? If I'm the fruit of that tree and a tree can't change its fruit, or can it? I know a leopard can't change its spots, or so they say. Well, can a tree change its fruit? Remember, trees bear fruit after their kind. In Romans eleven sixteen and 17, Paul began to write to us as a church and describe what has happened in our conversion. For if the first fruit, which is the Lord, be holy... The lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, which is Christ, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, or you, say, go ahead and say, that's me. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. And if you, being a wild olive tree, wild olive tree, not uh, one planted in the garden, not one that's... Uh, that's nurtured and grown up and taken care of, but, but you were a wild olive tree and you were grafted in among them. And now with them, you partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. A wild olive branch grafted into the good root, the true vine, will not produce wild olives anymore. Because he don't bear, the wild olive branch don't bear the root, but the root bears the olive branch. And it don't feed the root, but the root feeds the branch. Peter said it like this, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. No more the wild nature, but the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, I might have been wild, you might have been wild, but now we're grafted into the true vine. And I don't change the vine, and you don't change the vine, but the vine changes you. Let me tell you, you might be the fruit of Adam's tree, but if you want to be the fruit of the tree that Jesus hung on, all you got to do is be grafted in. And hey, when you get grafted into him, when you get connected to him, he changes you. He'll take away. That's why Paul said, and such were some of you. But now you're washed. And now you're sanctified. And now you're justified because there's been a change. What a wonderful, wonderful change 
that has happened in my life. Aren't you glad today that a, a tree can actually change its fruit? 1 Corinthians 15 and 47 says, The first man, talking about Adam, is earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And is, as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. I lived like that first Adam long enough. But one night I found myself kneeling at an altar. And I was saying, cut me out of that wild branch. Take me out of that wild olive tree and graft me into the good vine. I began to repent of the wild nature. I began to turn away from the wild nature and say, make me to be like you. And when I found myself going down in that water, it was sealing that graft. And and I, my sins, all the wild nature was washed away. And because of his great, exceeding, precious promises, I escaped the corruption he began to change me and when he filled me with the Holy Ghost or the spirit of adoption I now became his son Adam sure if Eve was the mother of us all then Adam's the father of us all but now I'm adopted by the second Adam I'm no longer a part of that wild tree of disobedience, but I am now part of that tree, that, that old rugged cross, that tree of obedience where my sin went to die, where death and hell were destroyed, and where Jesus won victory for us all. Because by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But let me tell you, by the obedience of one man, many are made righteous, and it's still happening today. Jesus said in John 15 and 4, abide in me, and I in you. It's not a one-way thing. When you are connected into me, then I am flowing into you, and I am flowing through you. And as the branch, it cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. Let me tell you, you'll never, and the Bible says we know a tree by the fruit that it bears. If you're still bearing the fruit of Adam's tree, then you're still under Adam's curse. But if you are bearing the fruit of the cross of Calvary, if you are bearing the fruit of the true vine, he said, you can't do that on your own. You might want to, but you can't. You might think you can, but you can't. The only way to have that kind of life and have eternal life is to be grafted into the true vine. And he said, abide in me and I in you because you cannot bear fruit on your own. He said, no more. He's talking to his disciples. Don't you get high and lifted up. Don't you start thinking you're better than everybody else. No more can you except you abide in me. And I'm preaching to every human being in this room today that'll listen to me. If you hadn't made that transition, if you hadn't found a place to repent of your sins or been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, then why not today? Why not change which tree you're a part of today? Why not change today? The only way to change from being the fruit of the garden tree is to get grafted into the true vine. 
2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Paul said it like this. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You might not think it's possible for you to get better. Maybe someone's told you so many times that you'll never change, you've started to believe it. But let me tell you something today. If you want to live for God, you can live for God. If you want to be saved, you can be saved. If you want to break free of them chains, you can break free of those chains. You don't have to live under the curse. And you don't have to live under somebody else's idea of who you are. You come and find yourself in a place where you can talk to Jesus. You get grafted into the true vine and you become who you've always wanted to be. It's not just for a select few, but whosoever will, let him come. Let me tell you today, God will take the wildest. He'll take the most filthy of us and graft it into that true vine and change them into something beautiful. All things are passed away, and all things are now made new. Let me tell you, the bark may look the same on the outside, but what's flowing on the inside is going to produce a different kind of fruit. It's going to produce something different. It's going to make something better. It's going to be a lot, a lot more like Jesus and less like the world. If all we had to go on was one tree, well, we'd all be sunk. But that last Adam said, I'm going to a tree because I'm being obedient. I'm going to a tree because I know. It said for the joy. He knew. He said, it's going to be a lot of trees, wild trees. A lot of trees with addiction problems. It's going to be a lot of vines with depression and, and stress and anxiety. There's going, uh, going to be a lot of vines that's thought about suicide and leaving this world. There's going to be a lot of murdering vines and lying vines and stealing vines and alcoholic vines. And, and come on, just all kind of sin and filth and ugliness. But once they get grafted in, let me tell you, they don't have to live like that anymore. They won't be producing that fruit anymore. They won't be doing those things, that, that fruit of disobedience anymore. Because let me tell you, you don't affect the vine, it affects you. I don't bear him, he bears me. I'm not feeding him, he's feeding me. Abide in him so you can produce that fruit. And so... When we are baptized, or we want to know if, if every man in Christ, you have to be in him to be a new creature. You can't change the scripture. If any man be in Christ, that's not in love with Christ. That's not in belief of Christ. He said, you got to, somehow you got to get in Christ. It's got to be more than just belief. It's got to be some. If he, if his tree is a tree of obedience, I got to have some obedience too. I can't just believe the gospel. The scripture says we must obey the gospel. What shall be the end of them who obey not the gospel? Is the question that is asked us in the scripture. Uh, it ain't enough for me to simply believe. I've got to obey. So if uh, being in him is the avenue to being a new creature where old things are passed away and all things are made new. I have a question. How do I get in? 
Galatians 3 and 27 says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Romans 6, 3 through 5, Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. And he's not talking figuratively there. You look it up and, and you study it, and he's talking about immersion in water, full immersion in water. So if many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him by baptism. You don't get buried just by believing you're getting buried. You don't get buried with a, with a handful of dirt thrown on you. But there's a, a grave, uh, and, and we're going into a watery grave. Uh, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like. You see what happens all of a sudden, now that I'm baptized or in him, things start becoming like him. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, all of a sudden, after that, things are different. I have been baptized into Christ. I am in Christ. Old things are passed away because the blood of Jesus washes us from all our sin. And when you're baptized in his name, the blood of Jesus is applied to your life. For if we have been planted together, if we have been. So you can't change the scripture. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. When we are baptized into Christ, we become new creatures, fruit of a different and better tree, and we walk now in newness of life. I say this because we are or have been the fruit of the garden tree. That is why we must be born again. Because flesh and blood, the scripture says, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And these are fruit all Fruit of the garden tree. Unrighteousness, disobedient, appealing of the flesh, lust of the eye. That's all the garden tree. So Jesus says this in John 3. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. That's baptism. That's not your first birth into this world. People have taught that. that uh, but you study that word out and you will see it's not talking about that. Right. It's talking about water that you can bathe in or drink. So it's not talking about your first birth, your entrance into this world. It's not talking about the breaking of a woman's water when she is expecting. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God because until he does that, he's still in his flesh and his unrighteousness is still before me and I can't let him in until he changes uh, which tree he is coming from. Stand with me. Honey, you can come to the music. Acts 2 and 38 is on the day of Pentecost, Peter stands to preach, and as he is preaching, he is preaching about this true vine, and he's preaching about Jesus. And the Jews are there at that time are listening intently, and Peter begins to sum up and says, This same Jesus that you crucified, you planted that tree, and you put him on it. This same Jesus that you crucified is both Lord and Christ.
men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you. He said everyone because at one time or another we have all been a part of Adam's tree. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Be baptized into him for the remission of sins. That's old things passing away. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's all things being made new. To stay the fruit of Adam's garden tree is to stay in sin. And the Bible says in the wages of sin is death. You can't change the word. But to come to Calvary's tree of obedience is to change your very nature. And have the gift of eternal life. So while she's playing today, and I'm going to open this altar and ask you, are you ready today to be grafted into the true vine? If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, why not today? If you haven't repented of your sins, we're going to do that together before we open the altar. We're going to just ask God to forgive us and cleanse us of things and and help us to get rid of some things. And then if, if you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ today, if you're ready to be grafted into a new tree, the water's ready. We've got towels. We have the robes. We'll have someone to help you and lead you back there and, and get you baptized. And if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, it's for you today. Let's lift our hands together, close our eyes, and let's all pray a prayer of repentance together right now. I can't repent for you, but let's repent together. Jesus, today, you see our hearts and you know our desires. Lord, I ask you to look into my heart today and forgive me. Lord, if I've had pride or arrogance, God, then cleanse me of it. If I've been a stumbling block to my brother, God, forgive me and cleanse me of it. Lord, if there's anything there that's unlike you, I ask you today. Lord, to forgive me and cleanse me of my sin and my faults, Lord. I want to serve you in sincerity and truth. I want to walk up right before you. I want to walk in newness of life, Lord. I want to be a good example. I want people to be able to tell which tree I am by the fruit that I am bearing in this world today. Lord, I'm so thankful that many years ago you gave me the opportunity to change trees to change the tree that I was bearing fruit for, Lord. I'm so glad that you gave me an opportunity. Lord, so I repent today and ask you to help me to walk before you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Praise God. Now we're going to open this altar and give you a chance to come and pray and ask God to help you today. Do you want to change? Do you want to change? Has it been going on too long? Has it just been something that... You haven't been able to do it by yourself, but I'm telling you today, Jesus will meet you at this altar. That Jesus will meet you right here at this altar and he will help you today. Listen, I didn't grow up in the church and I didn't know anything about it until I made my way to the altar. I didn't know anything about the love of God until I made my way to the altar. And, and there's where he began to reveal to me, I've got something better. That's where he began to change my story. That's where he began to graft me into the vine and, and make me a new creature. Would you come and pray? And if you see someone that's praying today, would you lead them? Would you help them? Come on, saints. Would you find somebody and pray with them? Encourage them today and, and just talk to them. Ask them, uh, is there anything you can help them pray about? Anything you can help them with today?
My, my, my. Won't the Lord do it? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Anybody getting baptized in Jesus' name today? Before I go and get changed, praise God. Listen, the Lord's coming back one day. When he comes back to get his church, I want to make sure I'm under the right tree. Praise God. We're so thankful you were here with us today. What an honor it was to have you in service with us. God bless you all greatly. If you can come to prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, love to have you here. And you are dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you today.